David Suarez is an executive creative director at Goodby Silverstein Partners in New York City. When I asked David what he wanted to talk about in this episode, the first thing that came to mind was that he and his partner, Danny Gonzalez, have been working together since they were undergrads. They even interned at their first agency together. David tells a story where Danny had an entry-level role and how he was taking classes and would sneak into his friend's office after hours and work on briefs. They had to work together then, and they still work together now. After quite literally breaking and entering, David was noticed for his hard work, and he tells the rest of his story on this episode. Today, they are both growing the New York City branch of Goodby Silverstein Partners and are, well, at the time of recording, actively hiring. He shouts out how you can better your chances of breaking into their agency later in this episode. At GSMP, they've led creative for Liberty Mutual Insurance, Credit Karma, StubHub, NFL Media, PayPal, Pepsi, Xfinity, and the Golden State Warriors. To connect with David and to see his recommended resources just for you, head over to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. That's all one word at Breaking and Entering Pod. Chicago Portfolio School supports this episode, not just based in Chicago, they're offering classes virtually. And they've helped hundreds of students break into some fantastic creative agencies. Chicago Portfolio School is an, is an excellent option for aspiring strategists, art directors, copywriters, designers, and yes, sports marketers. Visit them at chicagoportfolio.com or just reach out to me. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellmer. Kick it, Mikey. All right, David Suarez, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? Thank you. I am doing well. It's good to be here. Great to have you. You are an executive creative director at Goodby Silverstein and Partners over in New York city how is that going you said you're hiring yeah we are it's kind of an exciting time you know the last couple of years have been um tricky uh, when you're trying to grow an agency from you know from our, our our humble beginnings to to where we are today so um especially when you're 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 growing a, a second office and then all of a sudden your physical location doesn't matter so much um so yes. been trying to navigate that bit of it, but yeah, we're, we're, we're looking to hire. We're looking to expand. We're, we're probably between 20 and 30 people right now. Um, and we're, yeah, we're, we are looking for good books from, from all you listeners out there. Love it. Love it. And this, hopefully that's true at the time this releases, it might be a couple of weeks later, but we'll have to, fo- you'll have to follow up. If you're listening, just reach out to our advertise our account, breaking entering advertising podcast reach out to me and I'll get back to you. But this is great. You've been there for seven, almost seven and a half years. Is that correct? And has this been in New York the whole time or were you in San Francisco before? No, yeah. well, the first part's correct. Yeah, I've been here um, about seven and a half years. Uh, we, Danny and I, my partner, Danny Gonzalez, who um, will be redundant if, mm-hmm. if you interviewed him because most of our answers would be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but we... Uh, went out to San Francisco uh, about seven and a half years ago um, from Barton F. Graff in New York, where we were for about three, three and a half years. 
And yeah, we were there for uh, probably about three or four years. And then Danny came back to the East Coast for family reasons. Um, and we kind of worked remotely before it was cool. Danny was, was here on the East Coast and, and I was back in the San Francisco office. Um, and then we, we kind of started thinking about what's next. And, um, you know, I had a bit of a draw. I had been in New York for about 10 or 11 years before moving to San Francisco. And we had a bit of a draw to come back and we, we kind of saw this opportunity to, to start San, the, uh, the New York office. Um, so we, it's kind of been a, a bit of a long game, uh, but slowly it went from Danny in his kitchen to working in a WeWork with a, a few folks, mostly um, what we call GSP boomerangs, people that had, had worked at Goodby, moved somewhere else, and then wanted to get hired back, but wanted to live in the East Coast. So uh, it started with that. Um, and then we, we got a little bit of momentum and now we're, yeah, we got a, a real office with, with uh, free bubbly water. So this is I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just so intrigued by this. <laughs> the, the, the fact that you guys just found this opportunity, I want to learn all about it. Like what happened and how did this come into your lap? This is, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I wish I could say that there's a blueprint for it. Uh, there's not, I think it was a bit of a, I don't want to say a leap of faith, but I don't think when, when Danny moved back, that was originally the plan or originally in the cards. I think it was a bit more of a, wouldn't that be cool type of scenario. Um, but working remotely uh, for Danny, you know, we, we've had such a long partnership. You know, we, we met in undergrad and we've been working together ever since. So I think with somebody you know that well and you trust that much, it's that's the only way something like that would have worked. Um, so I was kind of the boots on the ground in San Francisco while Danny was remote. Um, and then the longer we did that, it started to make more and more sense. So we had, we started to get a few people that were um, working with Danny in New York. Um, and then we started to have those conversations with the partners in San Francisco and we, we expressed interest in doing that. And, you know, it took, it took a little bit to get, um, you know, not to get everybody on board, but to organize it, I'd say. Sure. And by the time, you know, and then the pandemic hit, you know, I was, I was about to move out here in the beginning of 2020 and, oh, and, the pandemic wow. hit and I had to postpone it a, a full year. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm out here since April now. So it's been good six, seven months and uh, yeah, we're, we're going strong. I'm actually sitting in the office right now recording this podcast. Nice. Nice. When did you start going back to the office? Uh, I'd say we're, we're loosely going in now. It's okay. not a full crew by any means. Um, we have, you know, there's, there's limitations on, you know, the percentage percentage of occupancy in the buildings and, and all that stuff. I'd say most people are content working from home. So at this mm -hmm. point we're not forcing them to come in, but mm -hmm. um, the building is open. So I think we, we try to get together and, and meet with people face to face, um, at least you know once or twice a week. Okay, so give give us the overview then. What's the status like over at GSP New York? You, you know, you, we've alluded to it before, but tell, I want to know about your role and the operations of this whole uh, of the agency that you guys got going on. So what's what's the vibe like? What what what's your world looking like? Sure, um, I mean. You know, I think we, we, we're physically the GSP New York office, but we have a lot of ties back to San Francisco. We're not by any means a standalone office with okay. only 
our own clients. We share uh, clients with San Francisco. Um, we, we um, you know, a lot of our teams work, you know, on any given piece of business, there'll be a team in San Francisco, a team in New York, maybe an account person in San Francisco, strategist in New York. So it's kind of a mix and match, uh, at least for the time being. And I think we're always going to kind of utilize that. You know, we, and I think it'd be silly not to. We have, we're essentially a kind of a startup mentality here in New York, but we have this resource in San Francisco of a, of a really well-established creative winning agency. So whenever we could lean on that, we, we definitely do. Um, but yeah, I think the plan is, is to grow it as, as much as we can, you know, to and make the best work out of New yeah. York specifically as we can. Yeah. So hybrid model, you're saying you're backed by the powerhouse over in San Francisco. You're hoping you, you will be growing it as best as you can. What's like the strategy with that then? And what's your role in the, the growth process, the new business process? Yeah. Well, we're lucky enough. One of, one of the, our first initiatives um, that we, we finally did, I can't, I can't say the name of the person, but we've officially hired a, a director of new business here for the New York office um, that'll be starting next year um, that we're very excited about. Um, this person is a, a rock star and they're, they're gonna help specifically grow New York. Um, up until now, New York has kind of grown organically. We've, we've um, you know, new business comes into San, to, to not, not to San Francisco, but to GSP as a whole. And then if it makes sense for New York, we take it on. And if it makes sense for San Francisco, they take it on or a combination of the two. So I'm really excited about next year diving into it with somebody whose sole job is to grow this office. Um, gotcha. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to be really involved in that and deciding what business, you know, new business we move forward with, um, what we pass on. And I think most excitingly is we're, we're going to try to experiment with different models. So there's a, there's a kind of an old, um, not old, but a big agency way of working that is kind of inevitable when you have the big clients that um, our San Francisco office has. So there's a lo- there's there's layers to that model. Um, you know, we try not to do too many layers, but inevitably there happens that yeah. when you get that many people working on a piece of business, um, there, there becomes layers. So we're going to try to use this as a little um, petri dish of new models and, and how to staff things and how to where to freelance and where to staff things and where, like what kind of team structures to use to hopefully work in a, a faster, more nimble way. Uh, and, and just a, a, a way that favors getting the best work out there. I see this happening quite a bit now with kind of like these smaller, more nimble shops. And it seems to be winning and garnering a lot of attention. I won't say other agency names, but Kevin Mulroy's episode might allude to that. Like, <laughs> It, it seems to be working and clients, I don't, I, I'm not an expert. I am not on, the, on that side, but it seems to be clients are preferring some of those smaller, more nimble shops. And yeah, there, there's definitely a future in it. So I, I don't, I can't imagine you guys, you know, finding any difficulty in that area, especially backed by the San Francisco office. You'll be great. But what is your role specifically? I want to know, like, like, Obviously, it's a little bit smaller and you're, you're growing things. You have a new business person. But how are you going to be working with this new business executive and also maintaining the creative integrity of this smaller agency? What's your plan for that? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to approach it 
that much differently than what we always have. You know, we're going to pitch business. It's, it's not, I don't think it's, it's rocket science when it comes to that. You, you pitch business with work you believe in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward with a, a kind of a thinner model to giving, you know, younger teams that were, were normally middle of the pack uh, at, on a larger piece of business, a little bit of more leeway to, to own what they're working on and, and lead an account. Um, so that's, that's really what I'm looking forward to. But as far as the new business go, goes, I think we, we kind of evaluate everything that comes in the door the same as we always have. Is it, um, you know, is it opportunity to do good work? Um, is there money enough money? I guess mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good enough. Um, and, and, and then go from there and then try to, yeah, just try to figure out a, a best way, the best way to get the best work out. Yeah. Just, yeah. It sounds like you're just gonna be focusing on your creative pursuits and let that do the, the talking. So mm -hmm. makes sense. Why change? You don't have to change your ways too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I think, I think the nice, the nice part of that is with, with having a bit of a more lean a leaner model, I think, giving younger folks a chance to to be more involved. You know, we've heard that all across the industry that there's, especially during COVID and working over Zoom, it's it's isolating, um, especially for younger folks during during this time. You know, getting creative assignments and kind of just sending them off an email into the ether and, and never hearing back. So I think one of the things we really want to value is is bringing bringing up young people, teaching young people mentoring young people, um, everything from new business all through production and, and all of this stuff kind of in between them. Oh, well, my audience wants to hear all about that. And I know you guys have that, the Academy program over in the San Francisco office that just was recently announced. We interviewed Dan Balser on a previous episode, which is great. Mm -hmm. It's a free one-year portfolio school option. Um, are you an expert in this? Do you know, do you have anything to add? Mm -hmm. I know I, I would not call myself an expert in it, but okay. I know uh, a little bit about it. And I think it's really great. I mean, um, any chance to kind of change um, the accessibility to portfolio school um, is, is a good thing. I think that's kind of a first step for us in, in getting different voices and different um, backgrounds and, you know, all different sorts of people into advertising. And I think that starts portfolio school. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the impetus of it is being able to control that instead of, you know, there's lots of great portfolio schools out there, yours included, that are doing, you know, putting great students out in the world, but having the ability to, a little bit of the ability to control um, or have a say at least in who's in these schools, I think is gonna, is gonna Absolutely. be great for the industry. Yeah, it's, it, and I think, they're expensive. That's basically what you're saying. And yeah. not everybody can afford it. And there's barriers. It is a barrier. Um, uh, a plug for Chicago Portfolio School, which I have to say is that we do have our pipeline fund scholarship. It's a full tuition scholarship, which I haven't talked about on this podcast, but it's something everybody should look into if you're a black or a person of color, creative and looking to break in. But we can segue off now. Really, I want to get to know about you and how you got started into and all advertising. So let's kick it back. You said you've been with the same partner since undergrad. Where was undergrad at 
I know where I know the answer to this, but yes, um, I, w I was at University of Central Florida, um, and my partner Danny Gonzalez uh, was a Florida State alum, so we're both Floridians, and oh. we, we both kind of found. I think at the time I actually Googled it, just ad agencies in Miami. Um, and it, this agency came up named Bieber, Silver, Bieber Silverstein and Partners. Interesting. Um, so we used to mumble at the time and say we were interning at uh, uh, Goodby Silverstein and Partners, try to mumble through the first word, um, mm. which ironically enough, we're here now. Uh, but yeah, we it was a, a small agency. They did, you know, I think they had Florida Power and Light, which is like the electric company. Um, they did some Hertz Latin American coupons and things like that. It was kind of a, a local agency, regional agency. Sure. And uh, Danny and I were some of the interns that were the most interested in it. And I think at the time we weren't really even sure what we wanted to do. Um, but we, we both took a liking to it and we became friends. Um, and then Danny from there went off to Miami Ad School. Nice. I, uh, I had one more year of undergrad, so I went back to school, finished and moved to New York to go to the School of Visual Arts. Mm -hmm. And then while he was up in New York during his quarter away, his kind of internship in New York, mm -hmm. uh, we met back up and just started working on our books. Um, and we had some help from industry folks and friends um, to kind of critique our work along with our, our, our uh, teachers. And then, uh, yeah, we, so he used to go to Danny was interning at an agency called Strawberry Frog, which is which is still kicking around and doing their thing. Um, and Strawberry I used to Frog. go. I used to go and sneak in. I worked at Starbucks as a barista, not on mm -hmm. the brand Starbucks. Um, and I would go after work and go into his office, and we would work on the brief together. And I think people kind of gave me a weird look; they didn't know who I was, but we would kind of just work on the brief together. That was kind of my my way to get in the door. And oh, then, so you actually broke in and entered. Yeah. 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 I should have a criminal record, I think. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you, you weren't even working, but you would go and work on the brief with your buddy. Yeah. So did and they then, hire you or what, what happened? They offered us freelance um, for very little money. Um, even at the time, as a barista, I was like, that's not a lot of money. Uh, and then we ended up... Uh, the, the, the CCO there was kind enough to introduce us to a bunch of other um, folks in the industry. So he kind of jotted out some names. Um, we didn't know who any of them were. And we went and printed out our books like you did in the day and dropped them off at these agencies with little handwritten notes on the front. Um, and we later realized that all the names he gave us were CCOs of companies, um, which we didn't know at the time. Um, so we... I think the handwritten note, because of the handwritten note on the front, one of the receptionists thought we knew the person, so went and hand-delivered our book to uh, to Ty Montague, actually, who was running JWT at the time, and they wow. had just won JetBlue, and uh, yeah, we got we got brought in to work on that. Because the handwritten note, I think that's what did it. I can't. That was can't what got your book that. in the door. We we handed it to the receptionist and said, can you give this to Ty? Hmm. And she said, is he expecting it? I can go get him for you. And we said, please don't, just give it to him. Yeah, because uh, we didn't want to be outed for not actually knowing him. When you interviewed, did you, like, because you said you had the physical book. Yeah. Did, was this when you had to, like, 
hand your book in front of them and they looked at it in front of you and like flip through it in front of you and like judge you in front of you was oh, that yeah. that era and how did that go was that, was that era i mean this is the time we, we would go to kinko's at the time yeah to print and bind our books um and uh yeah we would at that point you'd have like the the keeper books that you might spend a little money on and get them hardbound and then you had the the leave behinds so we would we would go to all the agencies and drop off leave behind books uh, that we mm-hmm. printed at kinko's and then if you got a call, we would go in and, and bring the nice one. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. It was very uh, wasteful. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, I've seen a couple They're They're definitely not as common. Obviously everybody's <laughs> got the link now, but yeah. um, that is interesting. And so you dropped the book off, you had the handwritten note and they liked your work and they hired you. And what were you um copywriter or art director? Uh, art director. Art director. Yeah. And I mean, your partner they, was copy. Yeah, and he was copied. Um, yeah, they, they brought us in for uh, freelance at first, um, and we took that. and And I remember it was a an assignment for like headlines in a newspaper, and we ended up uh, writing hundreds of them, and we put them all on little pieces of paper all over the wall. And our ECD at the time came by, and he saw that we were, you know, we probably had the same amount of headlines as anybody else, but he saw them up on the walls. So uh, I think it looked like we were doing a lot more work than we were. Uh, and based on that, he saw a hungry junior team that was staying late on a kind of a not sexy assignment. And I think that's what, that's what got us hired. Oh, nice. So are most freelance opportunities you think like a job interview? No, no. Uh, sometimes they are, but for the most part, freelance is, is kind of a, a, you bring somebody in when you're in a pinch. Um, you're, you're not staffed well enough or you're, you're stretched too thin and you bring somebody in for, um, you know, to help the hired gun, if you will. Gotcha. And you're still partners with your friend today. I mean, what's the key to a good, healthy working relationship in the, in the advertising industry? Uh, I don't know. We, it's, it's, I think it's the same thing as being friends with somebody for a long time. It's like, don't be a dick to each other. Um, you need a certain element of trust. Um, you know, we try to let each other's voice come out. We don't edit each other too much. Um, we try to help each other or give our opinion. But if he wants to present something that I don't love, I'm not going to stop him from presenting it and vice versa. I've presented stuff that I'm sure he didn't love. And, you know, we, we kind of both learn that way. But, yeah, it's it's the same thing as and friends somebody just don't be a dick and be empathetic and, and all those those good things i could be a dick to my friends and in, in a fun way oh yeah, i'd be able to balance it out obviously i do that plenty of time but yeah, yeah. in the meaningful ways yeah I, I guess like sometimes from the outside looking in i can people might think i'm being really mean yeah which i am but that's okay yeah. <laughs> amazing Nice. Obviously, times have kind of changed since the physical book and I had written notes. Maybe maybe it shouldn't, though. I don't know. We can debate that. But what do you, you know, what would you do if you had to start all over? Like, how would you do it today? You know, what, what would your process be? And you've noticed a lot of people. I'm sure you've hired a lot of people and, and seen a lot of people get hired. What What's the key to doing it today? Um, you know, I'm, I'm still 
when I'm looking at books now, this is kind of a, I don't know if this is answering your question. I, I'm still a, um, a sucker for just a really clean, simple, smart idea. I, I know a lot of student books that come in with full case studies and, and, and things like that. And I'm less interested in the, those things. And I'm more interested in what's a, you know, a great headline that makes me think about it different or a great, you know, great design skills, like kind of the craft of it. I'm still really interested in um, versus somebody that comes in with a case study of a, of a project that never actually happened, but this is what a case study would be. Mm. So I think, I think you could take a bad piece of work and create a great case study for it. So I'm, I'm more interested in seeing the great piece of work. It makes sense. You get the fundamentals down, right? Yeah. Hammer them down. Gotcha. And do you do like a lot of the interviewing? Like once somebody like, like you like a book, do you call them in or does somebody else do that? Or, you know, what's, what are you in that process? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends. Usually, yeah, usually I'll, I'll, I'll talk to somebody before they're hired. Um, either Danny and I are, or both of us, along with lots of other folks, Margaret uh, Johnson, our CCO and lots of other folks, Zach Canfield. I'm not sure if you know him. He's our um, head recruiter. Uh, he lives in San Francisco, but he's, he kind of works for both agencies, okay. uh, both offices. Um, but if any students out there want to, he's the guy to, to know really. Zach Canfield. Okay. Zach Canfield. Gotcha. Um, he's, he's the, the keeper of the, the keeper of the gate. Okay. Um, so you'll, talk, you'll, you'll, you'll be in like towards the end of the process. Um, if they're talking to you, it's probably a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't say weird stuff and make yeah. you not want to hire them. Uh, no, but yeah, Zach, you, Zach looks through mountains and mountains of, of work and he knows he's got a, 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 a an encyclopedic memory of uh, all this, you know, not only students, but, but creatives out there. Um, and uh, he, he keeps in touch with them. So if, if you know Zach and you have a rapport with him, it's, it's a good, it's a good way to get in. Um, and he's very generous too. If, if now's not the right time for the agency, he's happy to refer you to somebody else. Um, if he thinks they're looking, um, so mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he does most of the legwork and then, um, he vets people. And by the time if we're talking to them, then usually it's closer to the finish line. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've had, uh, I've had Leslie be on. Mm hmm on the podcast a couple yeah, so Zach and Leslie work closely together. Okay. He, he focuses more on creatives. That makes sense. She's um, more other roles like accountant and whatnot. So has the, the expectation, do you think of the book, the portfolio in itself changed over the years? Oh yeah. I mean, it used to be, like I said, it used to be like show three print print ads in a campaign and do that a few times. And you have a, uh, mm -hmm. a book. Um, and now, you know, I think design really shows, and I think design has evolved then since then too. I think it's, you know, you need to be able to build a site. Um, it needs to be engaging and clean and the site and the presentation of it is, is maybe not quite as important as the work, but it's an easy way to, to, to jumpstart it, jumpstart somebody's interest in looking at your site. What's um, the first thing you look at on the website? Um, Depends who it is. I think usually I, I look at 
you know, I jump into the work and mm. I want, you know, for a student, I'd want at least a couple pieces to stand out as something that I think is, you know, makes me jealous, is smart, is, is makes me laugh. Um, you know, when you're, especially for something that if they're going to be working on something comedic, I think even if it's not an ad, if a student does something original that makes me laugh, I'm interested. Um, um, we hired once this, this writer that had a whole section in his book about corn. Um, corn. It wasn't an ad. It was just kind of this funny web. It felt more like a meme than it did a, an ad, mm -hmm. um, but it made me laugh. So we brought him in and he's worked out really great. That'll do it. Interesting. So side projects or other passion projects matter too. Yeah. Just, I, I think it's just entertaining. You know? Entertaining. It's the same thing as that's the job description. It's like, you don't necessarily have to show me a three ad print campaign, but you can make a, a book or a portfolio or site that entertains me in some way, whether it's through cool design or comedy or whatever, good writing. Um, I'm all about that. Like that's, that's the job. Gotcha. Gotcha. Any other like um, pieces of advice that are on your mind that you want to get out to the people that, you know, maybe there's some pet peeves you want to address. Uh <laughs> Or just advice that what you wish you had when you first started out. Um. Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll get a, get in trouble for it. Um, I think, you know, when you're starting out, I think be patient. Um, I think there's there's, and this is not just people these days. This has always been the case, but everybody wants to rush to the top and rush for a title and rush for seniority. And I think, you know, that will come if you follow good work, if you do good work. So you don't have to, the worst thing you can do is force your way into a title that you're not prepared for. And then you're, you end up getting kind of stuck there because you're not maybe quite seasoned enough for it. And then you become somebody who's not the best at that role. Um, so I think be patient and when in doubt, just follow the work and everything else will happen. Um, you know, find people that you want to work for, Find people that you see their work and you're jealous of it, that you relate to, and then just try your best to work for those people. Love that. Um, and they might not always be at the sexiest hot shop of an agency. It's, you know, there might be big agencies with a with a a group that you really like, or a brand that you really like. And I think try to work for those people, um, and yeah, and follow the work and the rest. All the other stuff will happen. Yeah, I don't think you'll get in trouble for saying that. Pretty true. I was going to say a bunch of uh, bad words before. Oh. I decided with that. No, it's all good. Um, great. Any resources resources that you recommend to stay creative uh, that you follow daily or weekly? Um, you know, I, we used to watch. We used to look at like Ad Critic and you know creativity and and all those sites. I think it's hard to do that. I think I see most of my work now just by following agencies on like Instagram and they yep. post work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably late to the game on, on TikTok, but I feel like a great TikTok is a, is like a great 15 second spot. Um, I think people can learn. I used to say that about Vine actually before, they, Vine. before they went out, but yeah. you know, that, to me, if you could write one of those, those are, those are spots. It's like six um, seconds. Yeah. Next. I mean, we used to early Vine. My partner and I used to work on Little Caesars and there would be 15 seconds, a lot of 15 we would make. 
with a bunch of food footage on the back. So they were pretty close to six seconds. And you're like, deliver the line and a punch of a joke and you're out. And I think yeah. communicating in that short of time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think that's where the most interesting stuff is now. It's like people that live in the middle of the country or some, you know, random place are, are creating stuff that I laugh at and I think is super entertaining. So yeah, I think as much as I hate to say it, and as much as it's rotting our brains, I think the TikToks of the world are probably the most original stuff that's going on. They are great. They are great. I, I also listen that. to a lot of like comedy podcasts, um, which I don't know if that helps any, but I enjoy it. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll have to get those and we'll list those on our Instagram at Breaking Entering Pod. But that's all I got for you. Can people reach out to you and you know yeah. maybe ask you some questions, just pick your brain a little bit? Sure, by all means. Okay. Um, my email address is David, like it sounds, underscore Suarez, that's S-U-A-R-E-Z, at gspsf.com. Great. Um, and then I'm, I'm on all the socials, as, as they say. So I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, if you want. I'm on <laughs> Second Life. Uh, all the things, Twitter. Yeah, just reach out. It'll be good. All right, I'll link to those in our on our page. But that's all I got. This has been great, really clear and concise information, and we always appreciate it. So thanks for the insight into your brain and how things work. And best of luck to GSNP, GSP in New York City. You guys are going to be awesome. Thank you very much. And uh, again, anybody who's looking for some opportunities, hit us up. Hit up hit up Zach Canfield. Zach or Canfield. Hit me up or Zach Canfield. So that's Z A C H underscore C A N F I E L D at gspsf.com. Well, that helps. That's really yeah. great. Look at that's, that. If, he probably won't be happy that I gave that out. He's going to get flooded now. Yeah, we got about 2 million followers. So great. Yeah. All right. I'll let you go. Thank you again. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Good being here. Bye. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design, the kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. It's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn, and they want to connect, so do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Zhang our creative director can't do without you two and a team from the university of Illinois. It's a student team 
from the agency called AdBuzz. They're a PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.